Hi, this is Cody Carpenter, and you're listening to Adrian Has Issues. Everybody, you are listening to Adrian Has Issues, the conversational podcast celebrating the culture of creativity. <laughs> My guest and I have been talking almost like, what, like a half hour before we even got started. And Oh, yeah. That's, that's never making it to air. I'm sorry, kids. You're just going to have to just figure it out. But it, it's wild to just think about life and like situations where, oh, if I did one thing different, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah, which I'm going to get into that in a little bit, though, because I hope you don't mind me telling the story, but I think it's actually kind of cool. But I do want to introduce my guest. I'm speaking with Ian Cowell, who is a musician, producer and engineer out of the East Bay area, um, which as someone from the East Coast, my East Coast bias is um, really bad. So like I'm like, there's different Bay areas. I thought that was all just the Bay Area. And like. That sounded so bad in my mind. So anyone from the Bay Area listening to this, I mean no disrespect. That's just me being an awful New Jersey native. So don't take it personally. No, it's all good. We'll, we'll forgive you. And the thing, too, is that for anyone confused, when he says Bay Area, we're referring to the Yay Area. Anyone who was in high school in 2006 knows what I'm talking about. Okay, that's actually what it's referred to as the Yay Area. Oh, the yay area, yeah. For all the people who followed the hyphy movement. All right, I will have to Google that later on. <laughs> That's great to hear. I was sick of it in 2006. <laughs> Talking about regional uh, references, but yes, there's multiple Bay Areas, and it messed with me. I remember the you know, first time going to like, the Seattle area. It's like, hold on. <laughs> no, you, ca- you guys can't have a Bay. Like, we, ha- we have one. We are the Bay Area. Right. Like, so wait, I- that counts? Yeah, hold on. New Jersey, yeah, you guys have, you're close enough to enjoy what New York City has going on. I had a guest on um, a while ago, uh, Max Roch of uh, the band Lake Effect out of Jersey. And anybody from New York who listened to the episode probably unsubscribed after that because we were so, like, aggressively pro-Jersey. It was almost disgusting. <laughs> well, hey, for this podcast, I will I will be pro whichever uh, borough you want me to be. So you call it, and I'm there. Like, Jamaica? Sick. Long Island, let's do it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The hot cold meter is just going all over the place. He's losing it now. For some reason, I have a meter that's showing my (laughs) listeners in real time. I don't even know how that's like set up, but it's just slowly winding down to zero. (laughs) But Ian is ridiculously talented as he is funny. Um, let's see. Thank like you. your musical styles range from like synth wave, progressive rock, lo-fi, chip music, and you incorporate all this into this really like truly unique blend of original music and video game covers. Back in 2016, you had formed the band Birthday with your friend Nick Galvez, and at least within the past year, I would say at least I personally had become aware of you due to your virtual performances. I believe you had done Bonus Stage, right? Yeah. Shout out to Josh, by the way. Big shout out to Josh. Josh is great. Um, If you're not listening to The Runaway 4 or checking out the bonus stage streams, please do so. But he has this amazing quote, and I just have to just reiterate this because Josh is just full of great quotes. But this one describing you, I thought was perfect. (laughs) He describes you as a fever dream of VGM and cool dad energy. (laughs) And I feel like... I should just say that and just cut to the ending theme song because I think that just says all that needs to be said. It's just perfect. That's it. We're out. It's nice chatting with you, man. <laughs> Later. Bye. <laughs> Oh, dude. Oh, man. Josh is such a good guy. And also, shout out to Josh for hosting the album release in December. He's, oh, my God. That was so much listened fun. listened to me laugh for three and a half hours, I think. If I could beat out a Peter Jackson film in length and just be in pajamas at the same time, we got something magical happening. That was an absolute blast. Speaking of that album, back in December, you had released Exceptional Goblins, which... Sometimes it's hard saying these things when your guest is there because I think maybe to an outsider, it sounds like 
I'm just sort of hyping them up because they just happen to be on my platform. But I mean this literally <laughs> that this was one of my favorite albums of the last year. It's so well done. You've taken themes from games like Donkey Kong Country, Yoshi's Island, Zelda 2. Um, of course, that song is Out of the Town is one of my favorites. <laughs> Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne. Like, you've just taken these really cool games that I don't think are maybe necessarily as well known, but you've interpreted them in ways that even if you knew nothing about the games, they're just sick music. But thank you, Ian, for coming by. Thank you for chatting with me. Like I said, we've had so much fun. We almost forgot to hit record. Yeah. And that, dude, seriously, thank you for everything you just said, too. Like, that means a lot. Making that album was a big part of what was so fun about it is so much of the energy was fueled off of how people were reacting to what I was giving them already. Because, you know, the pandemic has, <laughs> holy heck, it's it's forced the hands of a lot of us creators to really think outside of the box. Or if you're lame genie, to think outside of the bun. Um, <laughs> shout out to BT Jones. But video game music is a huge part of my life. And what I love as a listener of music and a, a music enjoyer. And I've wanted to incorporate elements of it in every original band or cover band I've been in. And... I knew the community existed, but I didn't expect to fall so deeply in love with it as much as I have over the last few years. Agreed. And I've been doing, you know, VGM shows here, or there, even before that with Birthday, just because we're we're dorks, we're nerd adjacent. You know, you end up in similar circles of of these beautiful freaks, man. But <laughs> it's uh, exceptional goblins was just something that was already fun to work on. But anytime I would show a little hint of it to a, a close friend and see the reaction I would get from them, I knew I was on the right path. And that's so that's so hard when you make anything. You right. create anything and you have imposter syndrome or you just compare yourself to your peers because you know, I'll say this to everyone out there who creates or doesn't create, which I don't believe. I think everyone creates something, even if you think you don't. It's so easy to let that inner voice tell you that it's not good enough. And uh just just do it. I don't even remember my original point is, except just, you know, keep on making <laughs> or edit all this out because I don't know what the hell my point was. I just No, but that's that's valid and that's very true. Like yeah, this whole it's... pandemic, I mean, honestly, just to clarify, I'm not saying this as somehow like I'm saying this is a good thing or this is something that is a healthy way to go about it, but had it not been for a lot of things happening in the last two well now, two and a half years. I don't think I would have fallen in love with the VGM scene because much like a lot of music, nothing beats yeah. going to live shows. Like that's just something I've always loved doing anytime I could. But because of the fact that now people are home, I was just messing around at Twitch one day. And then I think the first one I went to was like, I think it was bonus stage. Like, wait a minute. I've always liked this music, but now there's just concerts I could just watch online. And fast forward now to 2021, which ended up just being 2020 part two. <laughs> VGM together, which I think was March of 2021. Oh yeah, and it was a really good time. That whole weekend, and even like the closing ceremonies, everybody just seemed to just really enjoy doing this. And then only to find out VGM Conline was happening the month after. So this is actually leading up to how I met you. I was going to say I felt like it was VGM Conline, right? Because like I said, VGM together was great, and then we found a wait. They're doing another convention. Like, of course, we got to get in on this. I remember, and I hope you don't mind me telling the story. No, I love hearing stories. Okay, so this is Saturday night of the show, and I believe you were one of the headliners that evening. Because yeah. a lot of the artists I had seen perform, I had some general knowledge of, even if I didn't necessarily know what they look like. I at least heard some music, but I'm like, Ian Cowell. And I didn't realize at the time that I had already seen you, which one of my favorite things of VGM Conline was the promo video they did. Because it's like, um, <laughs> oh my gosh, what is, I, I, his name escapes me from the Mad Gear. Uh, Bruce Irons. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, and then of course you got Austin, um, you know, shout out to Austin, you know, Backlog Boys. And also you, because then your part was what cracked me up because... <laughs> <laughs> that whole bit about the verb pipe rook assault and like vertical horizon. I was wheezing the first time I saw that promo. <laughs> and, oh, I, and I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, it's I think a big shout out to to Cameron from the Mad Gear for writing up that script. 
<laughs> I hope it's still online because I got to post that in the show notes because it's so good. Or And actually, the part that also made me lose it was the very obvious, like, Superman dive onto the bed while still doing, like, the Burt Riddled sexy pose. Like... <laughs> And I'm like, this dude is fucking hilarious. With my uh, San Francisco Spiders jersey that I hadn't worn since I was like nine. (laughs) Which I didn't even know that was an actual team. But all right, that's awesome. Well, that was a minor league hockey team. I actually, it's funny. I talked to my uncle recently on the phone who got me that jersey. And I was like, yo, I still have my Spiders jersey. I I wore it for a promo video. And it itched a lot. (laughs) Wait, I have further questions. It didn't last long. (laughs) So... After watching this promo a few times and then putting two and two together that, wait, the guy who was in that video is now going to be performing. And, like, this is going to be cool. So I'm already tuned in. Now, keep in mind, like, that whole weekend, I'm just, like, mainlining, like, chicken McNuggets with, like, BTS dipping sauce. Like, I was a mess. Like, I was just inhaling junk food because I'm like, I'm not missing a bit of this. Your show starts and then it doesn't. Yep. I was crushed. (laughs) I'm like, is he going to come back? And, uh, you know, and I'm not trying to bring it up and make you, like, feel bad. No, 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 no. I'm so glad we get to talk about this. Continue, because I I get to talk about it. It cut out, and I'm like, holy crap, are we going to get him on? And then apparently we weren't going to. I was like, well, shit, I hope everything's okay. Only to find out that um, it was arranged that then he was going to perform the next day. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to make sure to watch this performance, because they're like, oh, you're not going to want to miss this. You're not going to want to miss this, because I've never really heard this guy perform. So by the time I do get to hear you on Sunday, it's like, this was so well worth the wait. There were a lot of really good performances that weekend, but that one was just like mind-blowing stuff. I don't know. I, I, I just feel like had it not been for all this wackiness, this may not have even happened. Exactly. Oh, man. You know, I that night, I was so fucking sad. Those guys, big, big shout out to everyone at VGMCon. Because yes. they don't know me personally yet. They bring me in. They, we do an extensive sound check. Everything's cool. You know, we're getting to know each other. We're talking. And um, every streaming show, the first couple of years of this, everyone used a different platform. And I'm sure anyone listening who's performed a streaming show, you understand exactly what I mean. Some really big companies that you think might have it together have kind of a patchwork system. And some people who are just happen to be like regular Twitch streamers, probably got their stuff down. Every one of them is a great time. And this one, we don't know what happened. <laughs> but I just remembered that I I told myself, and before you know, music and being Mr. Dad at home was my main gig, I spent the good part of a decade in corporate audiovisual and management. Let me tell you, I've been the uh, the guy red in the face in front of like a thousand people minimum because a little plasma screen lost signal from a Cat5 cable to HDMI or something. And, you know, that moment in front of nobody, but also in front of everybody simultaneously where I'm in my garage and I just didn't have an extra monitor up with their window where they would communicate to me. So I'm just thinking show is badass. So it's funny that like, you know, you and so many people have said so many nice things about that Sunday show. The Saturday show was really good. (laughs) The only one who saw it was whatever spider was in my garage. (laughs) (laughs) And it's kind of, it's kind of cool. We talk about, you know, people need to put their phone downs and live in the moment. And that's like the most living in the moment show I've ever done because it was only for me. And, uh, I remember I finished it. I, I, I like, I clicked like sign whenever I had to do an OBS and I was just like, fuck yeah. nailed it. (laughs) So good. I'm sweating. Yeah. I really put a lot of energy into it and I go and look and, (laughs) And then I see on on Discord, I, I tab over and it's like, Ian, are you there? Hello, Ian, we can't see you. We can't hear you. Oh, okay, no. if you're not there in two minutes, we got to do something else. Okay, I don't know what we're going to do. And like the text got like more sad as it went on. Like, hope you're okay. <laughs> like I was just like abducted mid-show or something. Right? <laughs> and, and then I'm like, well, how much of it showed up? They're like, I don't know, one, two minutes. <laughs> Yeah, because it was getting going, and then all of a sudden there was nothing, and I'm like, and I was, Dude. I was terrified, not because like, oh, I thought something had happened, but I'm like, that is almost like a fear of mine, where anybody who I guess does any sort of performance, not even about whether or not you stick the landing, but I'm glad that at least it had a happy ending, and I'm glad they were able to arrange it for you to come back. 
they're so awesome to do that. Like every, everyone that those guys, my family, like my wife had to go and she had a gig to go work and she was so flexible with her time. I was like, look, they're giving me another shot the next morning. And I was like, okay, you know, do it, play it really well. And then get upstairs and change with the kids. And it was funny because like, you know, I'm in pajamas probably like 10 minutes before I played that Sunday morning. Like I made my kids pancakes and I was like, why don't I promise pancakes? I got to get downstairs and do this. (laughs) I don't want to let them down. So, you know, I'm like trying to get out and I have like my change of clothes into the same clothes I had the night before. Like, okay, same setup, but we're going to do things a little differently. And, um, you know, like, Oh, why are you in a hurry? I'm like, no reason. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Like going down and change it into different pants and, all right, let's bring the same energy to it and then come back up sweating in pajamas again. What do you kids want to do today? <laughs> like, shows at home are also wild too, because that's the thing. It's like you have this, um, the Clark Kent moment of going in the phone booth and being Superman. And then I come back to like my job <laughs> as dad. <laughs> like my kids understand that I'm a musician, but it's also to them. It's just so casual. Like he's just fucking around in the garage. And then I come, I reappear sweaty. And, uh, hey, let's go to the park. <laughs> you guys have lunch yet? <laughs> I can only imagine, like, your kids talking about, uh, out of the town, the, uh, the Zelda cover. <laughs> I remember you telling the story on the listening party with Josh and Bonus Stage about the fact that, of course, to all of us, we see the finished product where, you know, you're landing these sick moves, you know, with this backdrop, but yet, of course, recording it, it's like there's not necessarily music in the background. So it's you just doing this, obviously, which probably looked and sounded a lot more bizarre. <laughs> if I ever have a Patreon, I've already said this before. If I get a Patreon together, the first thing people are getting, um, they're getting the green screen footage. They can do whatever they want with of all my dances, <laughs> all my guitar footage. Like it's all up there in the cloud and it'll be yours. I don't know the pricing yet. And it's a lot of work, but uh, I feel like I owe it to everyone to just do whatever they want with Dancing Link Guy until <laughs> Nintendo sends me a cease and desist. <laughs> like you're you're scared you're scaring everybody in the club, Link. You gotta get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> and stop breaking our pots; those are expensive. My buddy Gene came over last week. He uh, he has a great podcast too, Pixelated Audio, and uh, we're talking about you know post exceptional goblins things we should work on. He's like, dude, we gotta we gotta learn some new moves. So don't worry, folks. Not only will new music be in the pipeline, but I might learn some dancing, some real dancing. But I like the dancing as is. And again, I'm going to be gushing for a minute. That particular song, out of all of them, I don't know what it was about that particular cover. Because, you know, Zelda 2 is kind of like the, I don't know, the the Temple of Doom, I feel, of the Zelda franchise, where it's like, <laughs> people like it, but I think a lot of people more almost kind of say that out of politeness, because it's not yeah. an easy game, it's not an accessible game, but that OST is everything to me. And yeah. that particular song, like, your interpretation of that, it's really cool synth wave. The audio cues are perfect, because who doesn't love the CDI <laughs> Zelda games? <laughs> It's almost like trying to legitimize the CDI stuff by also making fun of it, but elevating it at the same time. Right. And the whole time the video was just fun because it's like you're dancing. It's like, okay, I am not a dancer by trade, but I do my best dancing when no one's around. But yet watching that, it was just this moment of just legit joy. The song is pretty upbeat. Like this video's fun. The song's fun. And you're dancing your literal ass off. (laughs) <laughs> and it's the, I don't care who's watching, I'm having fun. And there's just that energy that I think is what I have always appreciated about your music. Because, yes, as creators, we are our worst critics. But like we were saying before that, you kind of care a little bit less as far as, you know, what you think. Because imposter syndrome is heavy. But at this point, it's like, fuck it, I'm just going to just be me. When you know, you know, and you still lean into it. And, you know, even when you have moments of self-doubt, I like to think there's some other spirit in your brain or maybe just your brain doing its job and trying to balance it out <laughs> and be like, no, <laughs> fucking put the work in and do it. It, it will be worth it. And uh, if you ever think that an idea is just too crazy, it might be, but you should still attempt it. As long as no one is being uh, emotionally or physically harmed, I think most creative concepts are <laughs> run with it. Before anyone gets a little too literal with what I'm saying uh, out there. (laughs) I don't know. There's a couple of these tracks that had left me in several forms of distress. Let me stop. (laughs) (laughs) 
but there's a shower moments, you know, you're in the shower and you just get those, something hits you. And it's like, that's it. I got to do it now. And that's how a lot of my, my uh, silly ideas happen is in the, I, I gotta say it's probably in the bathroom. Bathroom's pretty inspirational place. When I think about it. It uh, is. I but, just, unfortunately I can't really record anything because of water and uh, journals <laughs> don't work because well, there's moisture issues and, Oh, well, yeah, you got to keep, hey, they, they, uh, where, where do they, they say, don't shit where you eat? Not really the same here because we're not eating, but we are shitting. But I will say, yes, probably don't bring the equipment into the bathroom, but have the ideas there, you know, sketch it out and, <laughs> and then bring it to a more sanitary and dry area. See, it's easier with that than was harder with podcasting where it's like, I had this idea for a great episode and then I got to like set up things. And by the time I do, I'm like, the moment's passed. I'm like, can I just. That's it. I got to ask Eileen if she's okay with me, like, setting up, like, a, a recording studio in the bathroom. I've done that before, too. I, I was like, hey, what do you think if there was just a computer that sat in the closet with a microphone? And it's like, you know, now that you've told me why it wouldn't work, I really, uh, I see that it was a dumb idea. He's got, <laughs> no, I, I, you know, voice memo, man, I, it, it sounds like shit, but it's, I will, I, I can pitch match things pretty good when it comes to playing music i can't do it with singing for shit so i have a really bad like i don't sing and uh my my wife sings she's in a choir my daughter sings everyone in this house ha has vocal training but me but if i get a good idea for a melody i'm like well so help me god i'm gonna sing it into my phone and i'll listen back a day later like what the fuck was i thinking right i'm like was what <laughs> this was this even this me? <laughs> This cat is in heat, and they're very upset. <laughs> and it's like, maybe I could parse something out. It becomes a different melody. But, you know, at the end of the day, right, the important thing is you're still trying to get it out there, even if it's, even if it's just something in, like, the note-taking app on your phone. Scribble onto a piece of scratch paper. People still do that, right? Scratch paper? Oh, all the time, yeah. That? Okay, cool. Well, I mean, I do, but maybe I'm not necessarily yeah. <laughs> the leading authority on what's cool with it, so... Yeah, I'm. I no, I'm not. <laughs> With my my most of my references being from the N64 period, I was like, oh, aging ourselves. I saw, dude. I saw a meme on a. You might have seen this one too on Twitter the other day. It was making the rounds saying that the distance of the distance between Donkey Kong, okay, and Mario 64 is is less than between Wii Sports and now. And it's just like, oh fuck, here we go. Yeah, but I don't understand. No, and this is the point is I don't know who originally came up with that meme, but you know what? I am going to publicly and audibly <laughs> challenge them because how dare you? The emphasis is always put on like how old we are versus how about not pointing out things like that so that way we feel bad that we are yeah. aging. So you know what? It's <laughs> honestly take the tasks to the meme makers. It's not our fault. Like aging is a natural process, damn it. I'm still <laughs> with it. Like I'm still hip. Listen, you know what? I, I'm still cool. Yeah. No, it's the children. They're the ones that are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking you know of what health insurance costs. <laughs> And I can't bend like that. <laughs> and speaking of kids, I think that's really what I think, well, more so than the music was the fact that as someone who is also a family man and hopefully you're better at it than I am. And, and of course, now I say that now people are going to think, oh, my God, this guy's horrible. But no, it's the parents say that it's kind of like, oh, my house was messy. Well, you should see my house. It's like, don't worry. Both your houses look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But my, I have that issue, at least with, like, uh, my stepkids, where I'm trying to be the authority figure. I'm trying to be a parent. But at the same time, it's the, you got to go to bed, get ready for school, please turn off your games. And then, of course, mm -hmm. you see the, the backlight from, like, the DS or whatever, like, underneath the covers. I'm like, look, I was your age at once upon a time. Yeah. I did the same thing. But the difference is I had a regular <laughs> Game Boy, and that shit was terrible because you couldn't see shit. No, Until man. I got oh, a game God, yeah. gear. So I'm telling the kids to go to bed, stop playing games. And of course, they finally go to bed. And what do you hear? Not five minutes later is the beep of my PS4 starting up. And I'm like, I'm such a fucking hypocrite. Yeah. And you know what? I, I totally get it. It's the same thing here. I, my, my whole reasoning too is like, hey, listen, I'm not playing games during the day. I'm playing games and you guys are asleep. And my kids are pretty good about it. But I will, I will say when the pandemic started, 
this house collectively played Animal Crossing. And that kind of set an unfortunate precedent. Like, yeah. that shit was just going to be all the time. And, you know, it was like, okay, hey, listen, we're getting we're getting into a new groove of things. It's okay. Like, it's like a little vacation. Because we thought the shit was two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then it became, all right, well, my ch- I have a child that actively, so help me God, plays Roblox. Oh, no. And, yeah. <laughs> wait, do you actually, wait, do, do we need to, like, cut the mics and, like, talk? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. I, uh... I Roblox mean, is a lot. My God, they can't. They can't help that they have a lack of taste. No, I'm kidding. My my kids actually play like, uh, uh, you know, core games too. No, it's fine. It's, but Roblox is interesting. It's you know, I will say this as as someone who had to grow up during like really finding your way online and then like, you know, things that really should have had some fucking parental control. Yeah. Dude. As much as I dislike it, I will say that I still feel safer for my kids than I do like for me playing Diablo two in the seventh grade or counter-strike at a fucking internet cafe that like your grandma just dropped you off at no questions asked. We're like, you know, yeah. there's, there, you know, there's a, uh, there's all sorts of dangers and stuff out there. And people like to say that what people really want to say is that Roblox just fucking sucks and explo- exploits children to play it. And I like saying this openly because I have like five friends who fucking work at Roblox. I'm not going to name names, but it's like, I love just razzing them about it, especially because I see him at live shows a lot. And then they're like the funniest fucking people, the most human. And it's like, if you guys are making the games, they'd be good, but you got the kids doing it. You're teaching them fucking C plus or whatever. And they're getting a little bit of a return on investment. Uh, not at all. I don't know. I think I'm rambling here, but I think it's very clear that I don't drink from the fucking pool of Roblox <laughs> until Roblox comes to me with $500 and says, play on Roblox. I'm like, do I'll do it all day long. Right. Give me, give me 500 bucks. Just so everyone's listening, that's your barrier of entry. <laughs> <laughs> Just five hundred bucks. And I'm that's... kidding. I'm kidding. Fifty is fine. Um, <laughs> no, but you're right though. Like that was so scary. Like I remember at a time when I would be in AOL chat rooms doing like James Bond yeah. like role playing, and like I didn't know who these people were. Like these were complete strangers. Oh, they either could have been people who were younger than me, the same age, or twice my age. And I'm like. <laughs> And that was okay. And meanwhile, I'm like, be careful about going on this site. You might get a virus or something. But I'm like, yeah, but they're not like interacting with people who could possibly be like 60 years old. Yeah, I know. Exactly. And then it's kind of, I think about a lot of that stuff, man, like... we were having dinner earlier and she mentioned there, there is an experience, as they call them, again, this is the bullshit, right, of Roblox, is that it's not a game, it's an experience. So they, they can circumvent their paying of money I heard to the App Store. I don't know. That is someone from Roblox, reach out to me and tell me that I'm wrong on Twitter. You can find me at Neon Cowell. Um, <laughs> but my experience, but I thought it was kind of funny. She, goes, she She's a concerned little citizen. I thought this was cute. She goes, I like playing this spray paint game because you could spray paint, but someone wrote something bad on the walls. And we all had to vote to kick them out. I'm like, all right, they got a moderation system going. Okay, okay. But, you know, I was kind of like fishing a little bit to see what else I was going to get. And it's like, okay, there were, you didn't see any genitalia or no one said anything that was like yet very traumatizing to you. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to sit there and police my daughter's game experience because unfortunately, the things that are being experienced in third grade have been a lot more fucking real than what's being experienced on an overpriced gotcha, you know, simulation. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, for all the parents out there worried about what your kids are getting into online, why don't you worry about what's going on in their classrooms, in your communities, get involved. And I actually mean that sincerely, like fucking get involved like, for the parents out there. I, you might not like the other parents. Like they got some good other parents around here. We're we're in this together, but but there's you know it's like I want to I want to know what's going on. I'm not going to sit here and leer over like what are you doing in and online? Is someone showing you a penis in Mario Kart? We both know that's not possible. They don't, they don't have a way to do that. Oh, uh, they tried. <laughs> Oh, they try. Well, look, everyone's one step ahead, man. <laughs> I almost feel like is that why they shut down the Miiverse? Too many, too many, too many weeb dicks just flying left and right in the Miiverse. I know. I, I thought it was funny. Like my daughter is really good at Splatoon. I would always look over at the screen, like, oh, I hope there's no dick drawings on there. Okay, we're good. <laughs> there's this weird worry because I'm not gonna be that parent where, 
you know, because we have to struggle and you guys should have to struggle too. And I'm like, yep. I actually envy them, but not like a hateful way envy. Wow, you guys are actually building like some relatively healthy relationships with your friends like on these games. Meanwhile, um, it's pretty cool. We did not. <laughs> <laughs> and nor should you have to deal with that because meanwhile, like they're playing like among us and yeah. Okay. Is this arguably like a good game for kids to play? I don't know, but like they're figuring stuff out and they're, they're learning how to interact. And meanwhile, yeah. they're going to sleep and meanwhile, I'm turning on GTA and I'm hearing children call me things that I have not heard adults ever say to me. <laughs> so really who won this battle? Yeah. <laughs> All you, you know, all that's all you can really do, right? Is just tr- look out the best you can for those close to you, and and feel like you know you're you're helping to guide them to make the right choices, not to re- dominate their choices unless it's obviously something that's inappropriate. And um, besides all the jokes made here, I'd like to give my daughter, you know, my son's a little too young, but the autonomy to, you know, enjoy whatever it is she enjoys in games, and not be an elitist about it or a capital G gamer about it, and you know, not be too opinionated or that sucks or that's dumb. Cause then I'm just as bad as, you know, a parent shitting on someone for their music or film taste. Right. Right. And, uh, and it's interesting when you have gamer parents who are trying not to be like nerd about (laughs) some (laughs) stuff you like, you know, we'll joke about it in private, but you know, she wants to show me something. She's excited about it. I'm all in. I'm the biggest supporter, you know, both of us are with her and, and not just being like have an eye roll about it. And it's like, yeah, right now on, on this podcast, it's fun to get to jokingly vent about it. But she has a group of friends she likes to play with. There's people, it's it's been a nice bonding experience with other kids at school. Same with Minecraft. Like we tried to cooperatively work on a server together and Dude, she was like the fucking land management. Like I couldn't get anything right to the specifications that she had set. She knew just what to do. And it was <laughs> it's it's really great to see the differences between when I was almost nine playing video games and her. And like, you know, yeah, I probably was a little better at side scrolling platformers. Ugh, oh but, see, I was uh, not. No, that was <laughs> I was awful at them. I'm like, look, if there aren't menus, if I can't summon espers, I don't want to bother with it. <laughs> yeah, I was big on turn base. It's like I, I couldn't knock out a fucking contra or whatever, you know, ghouls and ghosts. But um, it's funny to see the kids pull up like SNES games and really have a frustrating time with it. It's like, ha, still need me for something. I see. <laughs> this is the part that I'm worried about. You know, there's always that fear of not wanting to repeat the things that like Mm -hmm. our parents did but yeah it's like now i have to now readjust that on top of of course being it manifested through my gaming yeah because they are better at games than i am because i'm sitting down to play smash brothers i am getting destroyed and i gotta (laughs) just sit there and be like oh you got me again and then trying not to be hyper competitive and also just being like come on just let me win one like (laughs) Yeah, when they started beating your ass, it, it, it's a, it, it that sets a whole other like primal feeling in the back of your spinal cord where it's like, hold, hold on. <laughs> Last I checked, I made you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich today, and now you're fucking rocking me as young Link. That ain't cool. <laughs> oh man, there there was a time where like just even looking at Solid Snake was traumatizing because like they play a brawl, <laughs> and if I had to see him hanging out the helicopter with the crosshairs one more time, I'm like, just please stop shooting me. <laughs> <laughs> like Hyrule Castle just is traumatizing because it's like once you're at the bottom of that stage, it's like just let me fall. Dude, yeah, you're fucked then. I, you know, I I'm openly bad at Smash. I like to play it much the way I was like the worst person who was forced into playing fantasy football at one of the last <laughs> office jobs I had. Everyone's like, "Why is that your pick?" I'm like, "I don't know because I don't fucking know anything about this." And you <laughs> had me put twenty dollars in. I guess I'm gambling now. You know, it's just, but it's same with Smash Brothers. Like people who like, I you have like the semi-competitive friends who are like, no, no, I just want to have a good time, and they like get mad at you for doing the same moves. It's like this is all I know. This right? is all you ever taught me. That's all I can do. It's like I learned it from watching you, Dad. Yeah, exactly. I learned down B sword stabs from you. Yeah, these kids are good. It's you know, gaming is something that that it's kind of funny you say that. Not repeating the things that your predecessors did, or your parents did. And also, you know, you want to, it's nice to see your children have shared interests 
but then you're still trying to limit screen time, but then you also, you know, I'll do research and find out, well, maybe it's not as bad as researchers say, but also I have to be a good example as a parent. It's all this conflicting shit right. that goes on in your mind. But you also know there's also a point with kids where there is too much screen time because their brains are goop still. They're still forming. And while children are forever, I feel like have a lot more transparency and can see things better than a lot of full-grown adults who are jaded and have bullshit, going on all the time and i love that and it's magical like there's a cutoff time with certain brains where it's like they're gonna be pricks if they don't stop playing games soon (laughs) (laughs) they can't pay attention it's like you can be mad at them and expect you can't you know you have to have patience like kids who are zapped and hungry or you know need some fucking nutrients and have been playing games too long it's like dealing with a drunk it's kind of funny but it's also not and they start getting aggressive and shit and arguing and it, you just have to know how to handle them. So being a parent's also being a bartender who like doesn't drink and it's like, oh fuck. All right, here we go. <laughs> so yeah, we have, you know, we have ways of showing it here. And it's like, yeah, I wish I could just like it's the irony is I'm a VGM musician predominantly, and video games are something I love, but it's you know, I still find time to make sure we are getting out, we are doing things as a family and that we're experiencing nature before we go back into our goblin caves together and, you know, as a family, increase our stats. And so we all, you know, it's nice that we can communally discuss games and what we're into, but, um, you know, and I've been asked that too, like, why is it you get to go and do this and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, one, you know, uh, you've never been in debt to the IRS before and I was, so... I think I'm allowed to have a fucking break at the end of the day after carrying. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's your thing. Like, going back to what you were saying before, like, unless this is causing some sort of, like, harm to anyone or yourself or the people in your vicinity, what does it matter? Yeah. And it's it's nice. It's also because we, you and I grew up in an era that really stigmatized games and gaming. Right. And nerddom in general, right? There is also, you know, machismo and faux masculinity and all this shit, even though it's like, everybody who picked on me who was more into sports or whatever the thing might have been in my community let's just say sports even though i also enjoyed things about it too you know i saw the analytical brain and and the nerd brain in me saw a lot of comparisons to role-playing games and and things that i did find interesting and i I picked up on pretty quickly it's like you guys are also just really into fucking turn-based gaming it's just it involves people sweating and grunting and really beating the shit out of each other too. Right. And I, maybe I just don't want to experience that. Maybe I'm a little more sensitive to it. Uh, Why is my thing bad? And I remember hearing this phrase as a kid too, like, Oh, that's a TV kid. You know, someone who just sits down and they, they're just inside. And, you know, for me, for a little bit, you know, I moved around a bit as a kid, it was harder to make friends. So games were a constant. You know, those are stories and characters and experiences that are always there when maybe you might have a summertime friend that moves away, you know, yeah. or <clears throat> you, you never know what's going to happen. And then, you know, it did become a full on interest as well. And I found other friends that were really into it. And, you know, I, I liked other stuff too, but games were always the thing. And what's funny is I was mostly raised by my grandparents. This is something I've really had to struggle with over the last few years. And to anyone out there, I recommend therapy. It's great. I feel like it has its benefits to all people. And you, not every therapist is going to benefit you, but therapy is good. And one thing I've, just to be a little transparent about that, I've been coming to terms a lot with things that what I read is kind of mixed messages growing up from my parental figures. Mm-hmm. You know, my grandfather, he, looked, he passed away in 2018. And uh, my condolences. Thank you. And he, he was a beautiful man. I love him very much. But he came from a time where, you know, nerds were picked on. And he was, I took me until pretty much his deathbed to realize just how big of a fucking nerd he was. He didn't want to let it show. If other guys were around or other people, like and they had like kids my age or they were cousins, you know, he was one of the guys. But when it was just he and I, he taught me how to build a tower. He taught me how to, you know, work on computers. He, he worked as a, uh, in a laboratory for an oil refinery. And he would just, you know, when they would have people throw out shit from the IT department, you know, this is the guy who helped me throw my first LAN party. He had a, like a 32 port modem. You had to plug in with an IEC cable and we got Xboxes in the house and PC towers and he was fully supportive of it. Um, That's awesome. Avent reader of science fiction and fantasy. But, you know, I think because he was a nerd, 
he kind of wanted to see me flourish and maybe be more of an outdoorsy kid. And so, but he was also understanding when I didn't want to gravitate towards that stuff. You know, he was sensitive to it. And same like my father and I, he, I love my dad very much. And he was a very nerdy kid growing up. And he tried with my brother and I, I think to really, he, you know, we tried lots of stuff, soccer and martial arts and that if we weren't feeling it, you know, we didn't have to do it. We weren't forced into it. But I can, you know, now I really empathize because I think that we were pretty much the same age with, you know, our, you know, I am with my kids as he was with my brother and I. So I, I kind of know where his head was at and kind of where he was kind of finding his footing and as a parent and, you know, at, at a time in the 90s when games were demonized quite a bit. And so even though he also wanted to really like be into it as much as us there was like this weird period in the mid 90s where they were in the house but they were also shunned so like it's like the thing everyone enjoyed but here, here's an example i can kind of give it's like a house that actively buys soda but then will guilt you for drinking too much of it yeah it's exactly that it's funny we talk about games you know much like we talk about like superhero movies and things like that where a lot of this stuff you know and i realize it's funny like you know, you talk about your, your grandfather and your father. My father was the first person to put a comic book in my hand, but then would kind of, you know, sometimes grouse when I spent most of my allowance money on comics or read them too much. And mm-hmm. there's that thing of my mom was also a gamer too. And I remember very vividly of coming home one day, she's got like the Super NES, like, oh, cow, you got the Super NES and, you know, we're going to play Zelda, but realizing she's like, yeah, I got this for me. Like, <laughs> but it was really for us. But parents, if I had to really hazard a guess, because my father and actually both my parents were geeks as well, and I guess nerds in their own way. A lot of that wasn't cool, and especially being you know you know young and black, like that was especially like something that was mm-hmm. like you know being a nerd was double not cool. Yeah, you're already facing an uphill battle like daily, and now added on top of this, something that society is already gonna shit on you for it makes it hard to want to be open about that right and we did and gaming was big in our household and it was big in our lives and so was the music and again you're dealing with the world that's telling you like hey you have to now be an adult get rid of childish things you know you got to get a job and provide for your families which is all well and good but any sort of leisure activity like that i just feel like and we still wrestle with this now like this isn't some foregone thing of these things that now we see as pastimes can still be meaningful. Like you play this music. I mean, obviously that's not all you do, but a lot of it is, you know, built into your repertoire. And I think we'll always have that issue of being able to enjoy what we enjoy without feeling like we need to suppress it. Yes. We got better at it. And I feel like at least now it's less of a taboo because honestly, that's what I bonded with with the stepkids because obviously they were already of a certain age when I met Eileen. So when we were first getting to know each other, games was sort of like that middle ground. Yeah. And I got to be cool because I got to introduce them to a lot of these earlier games and, you know, watching them go through those and actually still being really good at them, which kind of bugged me because I'm like, damn, I used to struggle <laughs> at this shit. Why are you so good at this? Like, fuck like like and i wasn't like visibly like upset it was just more of yeah. like go figure like all right the torch has been passed yeah it's such a beautiful feeling and also like jokingly frustrating yeah but it's something that like i i love to see it i love seeing like my kids excel and yeah i joke with my wife too like oh damn it and, like but then it's like oh, wait hold on can we monetize our children now? <laughs> they're better at this thing and uh you know, it's, I totally get it, man. It's, it's nice. It's, I'm happy that our kids get to grow up in the time that they do. Well, well, with, with certain things, I think every oh, no time doubt. period is, is fucked. Like everyone's like times, time these days are bad. It's like time for all human time is pretty fucking bad <laughs> in some way or another. But I, I got to say like the access that is there, the amount of ways that games can be played in this house. If these, this is a very old man thing to say, but I, I stand by it. If these fucking kids knew what we had to go through to play games, yeah. holy shit, the amount of ways it's so fucking overwhelming. I sometimes don't end up playing games because it's the same thing. Like you find yourself on whatever streaming app, right? I don't know what to watch. I have so much choice and it becomes the same thing with games. It's like any device in this house I go to, 
there's so many games and it's just like, holy shit, what am I, <laughs> what am I going to sit with and do? And, um, you know, I, I, I have my methodology now for getting through certain things and, and what I want to play and not be totally, um, I've, you know, I accept that I will leave this mortal plane one day. I'm not going to finish every game. That thought right there keeps me up at night legit. Cause there are some times where I've woken up being like, this might be my last day on earth. And I'm not trying to be like super depressing, but at the same time, like you mean to tell me that I'm going to leave this earth and maybe not beat these games. Hopefully my kids will live on past me and be able to beat this weird NIS America game that I bought <laughs> for like five bucks at a play and trade. <laughs> Like, I really hope they love this Gaia 6 and maybe they'll finish it because I shuffled oh. loose the mortal coil before I could. <laughs> or maybe my kids will one day become, instead of becoming doctors or surgeons, they'll get into, like, trails of cold steel. <laughs> Dude, hey, you never know. Streaming, uh, being a streamer is one of the most, I think, they, they took a poll amongst uh, kids and they said that's, like, the dream job now. It used to be being, like, the president or something whack and and uh <laughs> no no one wants to be the president you can't play xbox while you're the president you're like sir world war three is happening i'm like well can it wait i'm in the middle of like trying yeah. to junction these guardians and i'm in a lobby right now like i have to get my dailies you don't understand i don't i don't care what's going on over there in that country like that's why we have a vice president like let him do it what else is he doing that's their job speak. So here's my list. I, I just pulled up this document on my phone. Okay. It says gaming intentions for 2022. Just people out there know I, I'm big on affirmations, intentions, putting something out there in the universe so that maybe, you know, I'm not saying that whatever one believes in is going to make it happen, but sometimes you wouldn't, if someone didn't whisper this thing in your ear, you wouldn't have known about it. Yeah, we got to manifest some shit sometimes. Let's go. You got to manifest some shit. So I had a list. 2021, I completed a bunch of games. I got, I felt really, I felt good about not only getting like an album done, some traveling done, you know, seeing family and friends, but I got a fuck ton of games done. I felt really good about that. But I was like, 2022, I'm not going to just start immediately coming out of the gate doing a bunch of stuff. It's already going to be a busy year, but I have intentions. These are the games that have sat with me over the last like almost 12 years now that I started playing during very fucked up times in my life that I kind of associate these games with these negative experiences, but they're games I want to complete nonetheless. But these are, this is the list in no particular order. (laughs) Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. <laughs> oh, man. Nino Kuni 1. That's one also on my list. That's crazy. <laughs> Skyrim, just because I just gotta, I want to fucking see it done. I don't need to do everything. Just a, a playthrough of the main story on at least some, uh, on some platform. Final Fantasy 13. I would like, I would put two and three, but I, I, I know I got to get the first one done. And the last one is Persona 5. These are my five games that I have bought at least. Two copies of, uh, except Persona. I'm not fucking giving them more money. I have two copies of Strikers, like a dumbass. I'm not even done with Persona Five. I already like. I already know what happens, <laughs> and uh, I and I found out through a comic someone put on Twitter. So I'm pretty pissed about that. Like a week Damn. ago, I was like, oh, I guess that's how it ends. Fuck me, you know. It's like there's. A, I was like, we were the one couple that didn't see Avengers, and like I found out some stuff about it. So because I'm nice, I'm not going to spoil this for anyone who doesn't watch Marvel movies out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's just like, oh, I, I guess the moratorium's up. I had kids and I've been busy the last few years and I only had a car explode. I I I don't get to know this, unfortunately. Fuck me. So <laughs> with Persona 5, it's like, you know, I'm still working on like the second big antagonist so far, you know. But I guess it's cool. You know, it's even though I already willingly started playing a pseudo sequel, because I knew they would do me right and they wouldn't fully spoil anything. But somebody who probably has a beautiful DeviantArt page did, whoever they are. They had really good art. I just didn't appreciate the way it came across my feed. (laughs) But, you know, all these games, I think it's like, okay, during that time, like, I hated this job I did. And I had a falling out with a friend. But we really liked that game. You know, some, you know, little things. But, you know, all these games, they they have some strong things going on. Or maybe... Gaming just wasn't the big focus. Like Final Fantasy 13 got towards the end of it, you know, but other shit was going on in my life. And I just, 
I didn't, I didn't end up finishing it. I gave the game a lot of shit and now I'm going back and replaying it on steam. And I'm like, you know what? Okay. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm also letting myself play games on easy mode now, which I never did. Yes. I am trying to learn this myself. I hope she doesn't mind a good friend of mine, Ashley. Uh, she had started reposting a lot of stuff. We were talking about this very same thing, like racing a stigma that somehow playing on easy mode means you're less than and like let's be honest as gamers you know and also as parents and professionals in some varying degree i don't have anything to prove to anybody anymore like okay if i want (laughs) to play this game on like hardcore mode or whatever the like intense difficulty is that's fine and people who do if you can do that that's great but me there's no other way i'm going to get through these games and also i just want to enjoy the experience like i doesn't always necessarily have to frame itself around being i suck at them but sometimes you just want to just enjoy the game like i got enough things to stress me out all i gotta do is not even look out my window i just gotta look at my phone yeah and just see oh what's <laughs> trending oh the end of the world all right cool for real dude it's like give me some fucking control back <laughs> even <laughs> if it's just over the littlest thing here it's uh it, it it goes a long way and there's really nothing does. wrong with it like you said it's it's kind of funny i always noticed because, you know, when you're a kid, kids are always trying to, like, one-up each other. Mm-hmm. And I remember there's always, you know, I only play in the hardest difficulty. And it's like, I noticed that outside of people who do speedrunning and competitive gaming circles. So you're all outside of this. But I'm going to make a very fucking broad generalization right now. But I'm going to do it. I had a cherry Coke and I'm riled up. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> There's a correlation between people who say like, oh, you're weak if you if you play on easy mode and people who also like the most fucking low effort cinema in music. It, it's like, I mean, no, I, I won't say this either. I'm going to count music out of it. Cinema. We're just going for cinema here. It's the people who like, I'm not going to name movies because I don't yuck anybody's yum. But for me personally, you know, when there's just a shit movie and not shit in a fun way. But like, oh, this is just going to be a fucking stinker ass film. And it's like the same people who will go and see that and like get riled up over like the worst of a Jason Statham film. Like that movie didn't challenge you. You think that movie was even normal mode? That was an easy mode experience. But you won't play a fucking game below hard. Hey, hey, I will hear no slander against In the Name of the King of Dungeons Siege Taylor, right? It was a cinematic no, classic. I won't do that. I, and I will even leave in the Dungeons and Dragons movie. I will let it all, everyone can have their thing. But you know who you are. I wish I could say that was people, a <laughs> but there are just there there is there are certain levels of just doofus out there who just think you can't enjoy games unless it's mind batteringly hard but also we'll just watch like the worst horror movies and give like horror fans a bad name <laughs> like just i think about the people i'll bring you back to a time and place once again for us old folks um maybe you saw Yoda have his first lightsaber battle in episode two in a movie theater. Remember how everyone went fucking nuts when that happened? Like it was a Doritos ad come to life. Hey, I was one of those people. I was too. But how old were we? You know what I mean? I mean, all right. Damn. Well, see, now I actually just no, I legit thought about that. And I'm like, I don't think you meant that question literally. And I thought about like, shit, I was actually really here. Here's the thing, though, right? There's your heart leaping and that little bit of excitement. Like, like it's a nerd moment where it's almost cringy, but it's like, it's so fucking good that you're allowed to enjoy it. It's good cheese. It's a good thing of fondue. But then there's like the people who are just going crazy like it's NASCAR. You know what I mean? You ever have a NASCAR moment in the movie theater? Um, quite a few times that I think about it. It only happens to certain franchises, by the way. This isn't this this is it's a frenzy that can only be stirred up by anything owned by Disney. <laughs> I'm very serious about this. Only applies to things within the MCU, Star Wars, and anything within the Disney hierarchy. I'm I'm really stringing this this full point along here. As someone who's unabashedly a huge fan of the Fast and Furious franchise, um, I did have that moment there. Which, as long as I know, Universal's not owned by Disney, so that's my one out. Here's the thing, I am I am making a really bad uh, point right now, and I'm doing it on purpose because it's my you're giving me a platform to just <laughs> talk about my own biased personal experience seeing episode two in a movie theater and how I'm trying to somehow use that as a comparison point for people who like 
games that are hard exclusively or at least say they do in public so yeah i don't know man all i'm gonna say is it's all right to play an easy mode <laughs> but i say listen i'll just say for my point in time for my 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 yoda experiences over episode two in the theaters maybe it was the people that were excited that were with me but they were the same people man same people you think you can't play a game unless it's on hard mode same folks who don't let you have items in smash brothers if you guys if you do that hey that's uh your family your belief system oh no we definitely allow items okay that was a political discussion (laughs) (laughs) i will complain when they're used against me but i am not so like this purist where you're not allowed to be used because i'm sorry the minute i get that donkey kong hammer i'm going to town Okay, sick. There's a ho- the home run bat wasn't made to not be used, right? It's that's why it's there. It's like why do people climb mountains because they're there. So why is this baseball bat there? It's for me to crack Yoshi across the face with it. <laughs> but yeah, but seriously, like playing games on on easy mode, it really did help clear out some things on a backlog where I just, you know, I don't mind difficulty. Like I I do enjoy difficulty in a game when i'm going to learn something from the experience but not difficulty for the sake of it right like yeah i am i am one of those irritating soulsborne fans not to the point where i'm going to like corner someone at a party or a social event to tell them how good it is i won't do that which seems to be that's the new thing i'm noticing is i've had three conversations in the last like three months where someone quartered me about one piece Mm. and uh if my friend mode is listening i love you but like that's the next dark souls experience i'm realizing at parties (laughs) people tell me to watch one piece i will i'll get to it but you know games that are hard but like i'm gonna get something out of the challenge or feel like i really overcame something and maybe that's just also through struggling learning musical instruments over the years and kind of you know, or like learning languages. I do appreciate the combat systems of those styles of games, but then there's shit like Yakuza Zero, where I started it on one playthrough and it just kept handing me my ass and I stopped playing it. And when I went back, I was like, fuck this, dude, I'm doing easy mode. Because honestly, I just, I treat, you know, my wife jokes with me that Yakuza is, that's like my Netflix show. Oh, yeah. So anytime I'm playing, it's like, oh, you watching your show? <laughs> So I got to do it on easy mode because to me, the game is actually like running the cabaret or doing real estate management mm-hmm. and, and all the other intriguing tales that go along with it. But I don't want to I don't want to suffer through it. I don't want to have to sit there and get frustrated like I'm 10 again playing Shadows of the Empire and trying to like do the jumps on the train level. Oh, my God. Do you remember that? Yeah. Quick story. Um, my cousin <laughs> has never let me live it down. Every weekend, I'd hang out with my cousin. Mom would let us rent one game, and we had one choice. It was between Shadows of the Empire and Metal Gear Solid. And <laughs> I made a legit, like, impassioned Atticus Finch-style, like, speech about how Shadows of the Empire was a game we needed to play, and that Metal Gear Solid was going to be a dud. And <laughs> he has not, to this day, let me live that down. So, yeah, we sat there frustrated as we got killed constantly and he's like we could have been playing metal gear solid so when he bought the game was like see this is what we should have played so i love you but at the same time (laughs) i'm still in your corner i would say that like i I wholeheartedly love shadows of the empire that game is so fucking janky but it also it's it's really magical and you know for my whole diatribe about yoda moments (laughs) a minute ago i'm gonna completely backpedal and say that i fucking Every little bit of my, you know, I, I think about it, probably my daughter's age, actually, at the time when I played that, and everything about it filled me with joy. But also, that's that's when they were doing all the VHS re-releases, the first time they were doing the big re-releases of everything with uh, new footage. So Star Star Wars was mm-hmm. getting re-hyped a little bit. I just wanted to hang out with the IG-88 until he killed me in that <laughs> fucking junkyard. Yeah, that junkyard level was. That's I got a fun story about my dad with that one. He uh, he almost broke an N sixty four controller. As well, one. he should have. I just want to point <laughs> that out. In this case, and I'm sorry if this was a traumatizing experience. I'm not trying to belittle any sort of like oh, issues no, 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 that no. may have caused, but no, that is the accurate response because all the controllers you get at secondhand shops that are like all janky and busted. You're like, why is there weird chips in this? It's probably because they played Shadows of the Empire. 
And that's probably why, because they were at the Orvidale junkyard. Because for some reason, <laughs> it's a good idea to fight a robot in, in a, a, a pile of metal. So, yeah, <laughs> good on you, Dash Rendar. Thank you. It Thank will you make so sense much. for the robot, too. I mean, like, if they can do any, like, last-minute repairs, they're already in a chop shop. So I can see it being advantageous for the boss. But, no, I yeah, as the player, it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> fucking Dash Rendar got the shit end of the stick. But I will say, my dad, you know, he was, he was getting mad. He was getting real fucking pissed. And then I remember he finally mailed it. And then it was, like, probably, like, a week or so later, he watches he watches me do it and then he's sitting there giving me like he's backseat driving through the level and getting frustrated with me because i can't do the jumps so then he takes over and shows me how to do it but then he just ends up fucking it up all over again he can't get it he did end up finally breaking a controller but it was on the alternate run on Star Fox 64 he was, <laughs> and he was like gunning for high score like he was really into Star Fox, which i only picked that up because i wanted the rumble pack to play with GoldenEye, but then yep. I ended up becoming a really big fan of Star Fox 64, but he got, it really hit something in him. And that was probably like the last big game that he played. But I, I do remember it. Yeah. He was funny. You said a traumatizing moment. This probably was one, but he fucking full velocity hurled the stock gray N64 controller that came with the system. He was so pissed. And, uh, but he 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 uh, he did make up for it, and we did go out <laughs> that day to Toys R Us and get a uh, and get a red replacement one. So it's pretty nice. sick that we got the red controller. But you know, just kind of kind of bummed me out that the gray Rumble Pack didn't match with the red controller. But <laughs> at least he he made amends, and uh, he was pretty embarrassed to be honest. And keep in mind, <laughs> when I made that joke before, I'm not actually advocating, you know, but no. it's definitely the response that it elicits because if you have not played it's, it's it it's the normal response to have his, his response was appropriate it was era appropriate modern day very inappropriate and ones that now it's like helping kids with games you got to really hold it in yeah there's i've seen i've seen my kids get frustrated with moments and want help and then it's like you're trying to then you know you have to be the the light post and not lose your shit <laughs> And, and repeat and throw the stock controller <laughs> which i guess this is probably a good way to like cap off by saying it's okay if you let your kids play in easy mode yeah it's okay let your kids play in easy mode never glorify difficult ways of playing games it's unless unless they are actively like mom dad i want to be a dark soul speedrunner. it's like well, fuck you better start wearing ankle weights while you play like <laughs> <laughs> that's the only that's the only time but besides that just the whole point is to enjoy it. it it is an art form like music you know like cinema like any i don't care an oil painting like it's there to be enjoyed and if you get enjoyment out of the challenge that's why it's there but i even recently kind of i remember i scoffed at this i i felt my ascot blowing in the wind because i was playing wolfenstein for the first time on the ps4 and I was like, how dare they belittle me with the man as a baby because I want to play on this difficulty. I'm not a baby. I'm a, I'm a full-grown man. This doesn't make me any lesser. And it's like, it's okay. Well, I guess within the Wolfenstein universe, I, I if compared to Doom Guy, I am a bit of a baby, but it's my right. I mean, why'd you put it in the first place? <laughs> exactly. To embarrass me? Oh my God, Ian. It has been... <laughs> I have to say, we might have to make this a part two. Oh, shit. All right. Actually, it's a long time coming because, like I said, we've been interacting for almost a year now. Yeah. And, again, I'm so glad. If anything, shout out to, like, everybody who was running VGM Combine because I'm so glad they had you back on because I feel like had that not happened, we wouldn't be here chatting now, telling these, like, amazingly profound yet ridiculous stories and this is just even just like the day to day, like shoot, we didn't even get into the music part, which no, we were talking multiverse because we already had Ian Cowell, which I was speaking to. But next time, I want to talk to Neon Cowell. Oh, you'll talk to Neon Cowell next. And also, speaking of multiverse, I want to I want to end on this one. <laughs> speaking of Josh from Runaway Four and all these characters that we know, there is another Ian Cowell out here. Speaking of multiverse, but he is he is not Ian Cowell. Okay. I'm going to get into that with you on part two. For anyone out there listening, you are, if you know the saga of Ian versus Ian, it's we're going to blow it wide open on part two of this podcast. 
I'm so hyped for this. But before <laughs> we close out, let all the great people know where they can interact with you, your music. Definitely listen to and purchase Exceptional Goblins. It's great. You need this album in your ears. I'm just going to flat out say that. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. This is this has been a really fun hang. And yeah, if you want to find me online, pretty easy. Three letters, one name, Ian. Ian Cowell, two, two names, if you include the last one. Uh, you could find me on Instagram at Neon Cowell. You can find me on Twitter at the same Neon at Neon Cowell. Uh, I'm I'm on Bandcamp. I'm on the internet, iancowell.com. I got my own website. It redirects you to Bandcamp. Might be something else someday. Maybe even by the time you're listening to this, it probably won't be that soon. But uh, <laughs> it redirects to the Bandcamp. It's the best way to find me. I'm on YouTube. I'm even on TikTok. I don't even watch TikToks that often. <laughs> they got me the other day. They threw one in the algorithm. It was a good watch. But I'm out there doing goober stuff. And uh, I don't think pleasure should be guilty. It should just be enjoyed. And if you like having a good time and you like music and you fully embrace the uh, parts of you that are beautiful and weird and enjoy having fun, find me. Find me online. I'm very easy to spot. I look like uh, one of the uh, musketeers. (laughs) Adrian and I talked about that before the podcast started. All right. Um, Adrian has issues um, on all the podcast streaming sites. Adrianhasissues.com. You'll close out by hearing an awesome theme song by Grant Henry, a.k.a. Stimmage. And I will just end by asking a question. Every creator has a story. What's yours? Have a good night, everybody.